In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back for a brand new edition of Collider Dailies. Steve, were you able to hear the helicopter on my side just now? No. Not oh, man. My apartment was literally rattling as I was introducing the show right now. That was something special that no one experienced but me. So there's that. What's up, Steve? How is your Thursday going? Uh, it's going well. Tonight is our Leave the World Behind event with Netflix. We're doing a drive-in screening with Sam, the writer-director, uh, Esmail, and um, he created Mr. Robot. We're going to get into the movie and the tail end of uh, today's episode, but I'm really excited for tonight's event. And um, it, uh, I'll you know, shoot some video and whatever. You know, Anyway, it's going to be really cool. Good stuff. Good stuff. Anyone who gets to see that movie on the big screen is very lucky in my book. So everyone who's going to be there, enjoy. I'll say a quick hello to... Mike K in the chat. Happy Boy in the Heron premiere tonight. Ooh, I'm excited you're going to get to see that. We've got Steve here, Jeremy here. Hope you're all doing well. All right. First topic of the day is my kind of topic because it's it related. Welcome to Derry. So HBO Max just, uh, HBO Max, backtrack, Max just released a 2024 sizzle reel and it included a whole lot of footage from a bunch of different shows, one of which was the new uh, series, Welcome to Derry, which I am very excited about. In case you need a little background information, the show is gonna take place in the 1960s and it's going to slowly lead up to the events that we saw take place in the first It film. Um, reading from some of the Collider.com article right now, although it has been confirmed that Bill Skarsgård is not expected to return to the series as Pennywise, 
Welcome to Derry will still involve the dancing clown as the show is set to explore Pennywise's origin story. Um, it also stars Taylor Page, who I think is one of the most exciting actors out there right now. I obviously uh, loved her in Zola, and I just recently had the pleasure of seeing her crush it in the new Toxic Avenger movie. So anything she's in, I'm going to get hyped about. But then I think the promise of this series well highlights what's so special about a lot of Stephen King novels. You can continue the franchise. You can make new installments. You can do spin-off series because his books are so full. There are whole stories in like mere pages of information and Pennywise's backstory and history in Derry is so incredibly rich. So I think this series is all the promise in the world. Well, I would actually say the reason I'm most excited is Andy is directing. Um, uh, and he told me, and I don't know if it's public, but he told me he's directing more than one episode. Uh, so I don't know. I don't. I can't say specifically what he told me, but he's doing more than one as long as things haven't changed. And because Andy Massetti, uh, the director of you know the movies, uh, so I'm I'm optimistic because of that. And what I'm curious about is if they're aiming this to be one season or if this is like a multi-season show if it's successful. Because that's something that I don't know. I don't think anyone knows at this point. But I I like the idea of a limited, like a one season limited series. Um, mm. Like, but if there's enough material that they can, you know, do multiple seasons and it's good enough. Um, I mean, I think both. I think both are very possible. I know that. You know, it would make the most sense that if if folks get attached to this new cast of characters, you might want to continue on. But given the way that book is structured, I do think it's possible to jump around in the timeline and almost give it um, an anthology kind of feel while still making sure everything is tied together and building towards what we know happens in it and it chapter two. So really, like, again, maximum promise here. I think there's a multitude of paths they could pursue. Yeah, I mean, look, if the show's good and people are tuning in, obviously it's going to be more than one season. Uh, but, it, you know, it could be a la Damon Lindelof and Watchmen, one great season, mm -hmm. and then it's off the air. I mean, I'll take, I'll take whatever I can get in the It realm. Steve, was there anything else in that HBO Max? Jeez. Oh, was there anything else in that Max Sizzle video that you were really pumped about? Uh, I'm happy that they like teased The Last of Us for 2025, which we all knew was coming, but it's nice. And they haven't started filming yet. They start filming early next year um, or, or you know, January, February, March, sometime early next year. But it's nice to know that's coming. Obviously, Max wants that back on the air as soon as humanly possible. So there's nothing that they won't do to get that thing on the air in early or whenever they can in 2025. Um, but obviously, look, I mean, I mean, I loved Colin Farrell as the Penguin uh, in The Batman, and I'm very optimistic that show is going to kick ass because Colin Farrell would not have signed on to play the Penguin again on TV unless Matt Reeves was involved and unless he thought the story and scripts were good enough. Um, you know, Max, generally speaking, uh, a lot of their shows are, you know, big budget, high concept cool things, you know, and they don't over-release anything, you know, they mm -hmm. have limited stuff. So it's usually pretty good. Um, yeah. But yeah, the whole sizzle looked good to me, um, you know, 
It was a very effective sizzle. Like it definitely did get me pumped for all their titles. One of the ones that impressed me most, and I know I'm going to get shit for this, but I haven't watched any True Detective. I, I like oh, I keep meaning really? I keep meaning to catch up on it, but given oh, the really? fact that I I know, given the fact that I haven't watched any of it, but that part of the sizzle reel like amped me up for it and reminded me that it is a high priority binge for me. I feel like it's a very difficult thing to do in one sizzle that focuses on so many different shows. So I appreciated that part of it. So they showed us a bunch of scenes at CCXP of the new season of True Mm. Detective. I believe it's six episodes of this upcoming season. And the footage I saw looked like, and they filmed in, um, do I want to say Antarctica or Alaska? They filmed one of those places. I don't remember. Uh, but it was like in the cold, it, up north, it was like a tough shoot. And the footage looked like, oh, you were really in the, you know, you're on location, really pushing yourself. Uh, True Detective is fantastic. And the thing I'll say about this upcoming season, and like all the other seasons, is you can watch any season first. You don't have to watch the first season to then watch this season of True Detective. Um, you know, you could just watch this one. Uh, and Jodie Foster being the lead. Mm-hmm. And she's incredibly selective with what she chooses to do. Um, you know it's going to be good. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to get on that. I, I can assure you that. All right. Our next story is actually also a Max story. It is A24 movies on Max because Warner Brothers Discovery has inked a multi-year U.S. output deal with A24, bringing the entertainment company's slate of films exclusively to HBO, Max, and Cinemax after their theatrical runs. HBO uh, backtracking A24's output agreement with Warner Brothers Discovery comes after the expiration of A24's deal earlier this year with Paramount Global's Showtime originally struck in 2019. And just so you know, some of the films you'll be able to see based on this new deal on Max are Priscilla, The Iron Claw and Dream Scenario. And then in addition to that, the two companies extended their licensing deal for A24's library of movies on HBO and Max, which will encompass more than 100 titles over the term of the agreement. That's huge. And that makes Max a priority streaming service for me. And I have a feeling for a lot of other people who have faith in A24 movies. Is that the case for you, Steve? Yeah, listen, that was a, uh, I'm sure other streamers were looking to get A24's catalog. Um, so obviously Max paid, but whatever, I mean, that's that's a very smart investment because A24 has a, um, People know the name A24 and they know A24 movies are cool and unique and things that you want to watch. You know, they have a like a, a cool factor. And I mean, look, I, if I was Netflix, I would have gone after it. If I was any streaming service, I would have gone after it. But I also think it's a really good home on Max. And um, I think that uh, I read this study and I, I could be, don't quote me, but I read this, that Max produces far less content than other streamers, but still has engagement like uh, with their movies at a much higher rate than say Netflix or other streamers. Mm. Um, And so look, it's a very smart play. Also Max is the home of Studio Ghibli, you know, like um, Max just has good stuff, you know, and and, in this day and age, you really need to um, give people great reasons to pay for your service with all the competition in the marketplace. Yeah, I think Netflix would have really benefited from claiming this library. It just feels to me, and there's a lot of good quality stuff on Netflix. Don't get me wrong when I say this, but I feel like some of the priorities that I keep finding on Netflix are things like, you know, 
Squid Game the Challenge and and like like funny and sweet holiday movies, whereas Max is really solidifying themselves as a as a more prestige streaming service. And I think acquiring these A24 movies for distribution is something that only amplifies that, especially this time of year, being able to announce an arrangement like this with movies like Priscilla Dream Scenario and The Iron Claw. I mean, those are all movies that yep. you should I mean, if you don't want to see them, you should probably want to see them because they're all pretty good. Yeah, Dream Scenario is phenomenal. Like that's one of Nick Cage's best performances. I, I love that movie. Um, if you haven't seen Dream Scenario, I think it's still in theaters. I mean, I recommend it like it's it's great. Yeah, I'm a I'm an especially big uh, Priscilla fan. I feel like Kaylee Spaney is just like up, 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 and she's going to continue to soar. And I just like, I just like how how subtle yet powerful that movie is. How how internal it is, but how Sofia Coppola and Kaylee Spaney via her performance are able to you know fully envelop you in Priscilla's world at that time as she's going through this evolution in her life. So I thought that one was really effective. Do you have a favorite A twenty four movie of the year, Steve? Um, no, because I haven't seen Iron Claw yet. Um, but I agree with you. Priscilla is very understated. And I actually learned a lot while watching it that I, I that I just had no idea, you know. And um, I I really enjoyed the movie. And mm -hmm. um, uh, but for me, Dream Scenario is just because of Cage's performance. I just I love the movie. And the thing I love also is when I'm watching a film, and you know this, like we we watch too many movies. I watch too much TV and too many movies. And just like all of you who are out there, if you're watching this podcast. You watch too many movies as well. <laughs> and the problem is that when you watch too much, you generally know the the destination of a film. You know, like, it's going to go from this scene to this scene. And, like, you sort of can guess where it's all going to go. And the thing I loved about Dream Scenario is that I had no idea what the next scene was going to be. Like, it really goes in wild directions. Uh, and so that's great. Mm -hmm. But anytime a movie can keep me guessing where I really don't know where it's going... Thumbs up. I'll I'll say the obvious first. The award season contender, Past Lives, is pretty high up there for me. But the A twenty four movie that tops them all in twenty twenty three, one that will very much be not just in my top ten of the year, but I'll also tease it will be in my top five of the year. Guess, Steve. You know what it is. You know what it is. Oh, is it talk to me? Yeah, of course it's talk to me. Yeah. Of course it's talk to me. Fell in love with that movie so so hard at Sundance. And then just didn't stop watching it, rewatching it, and talking about it all throughout the year. It brought us to San Diego Comic Con too, and now end of the year coverage is going to heavily focus on that one for me. It is a movie I could watch over and over and over, and I just love the fact that those are two first-time feature filmmakers that you know the the door is is wide open for them. So wildly talented naturally, and I just can't wait to see what they do with you know more opportunities, maybe more resources. I think the two of them are just going to soar in this business. Yeah, I'm gonna. I would bet on them for sure. Yeah. Okay. I really would. I like that. All right. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. 
right. We are at our last topic of the day, and it's actually going to be a review. Steve teased this earlier. This is our review of the new Netflix movie, Leave the World Behind. Just in case you don't know what this movie is about, it is an adaptation of the Ruman Alam book, which is also excellent. It involves a, a family of four who take an impromptu vacation out of the city and to Long Island. And while they're there one night, late at night, there's a knock on the door. Two people are at the door who claim that that house is theirs and that they had to return home unexpectedly because of a blackout. So now you've got this house full of strangers who have to live together and figure things out as a potentially catastrophic disaster unfolds beyond their home. I thought this movie was exceptional, Steve. So I've told some people this already. I saw the movie at the film's AFI Fest premiere and I'm like, shit, I love this. This is right up my alley. Immediately left that screening and I bought the book, flew through the book, loved, loved, loved the book, and then got the opportunity to watch the movie again. So it probably goes without saying at this point, I am obsessed with it. And one of the things that I admire most about it is how good the balance is between giving you enough to chew on and making it a satisfying and thoughtful watch, but also leaving certain doors open so that the horrific nature of what is happening and what it could be to its core sticks with you well after you watch the movie. I thought this was a phenomenal adaptation. Uh, I have not read the book. I was at the same world premiere as you watching it at the Chinese theater. And uh, I was blown away by this film. It is a fantastic movie. It is, uh, I, I rewatched it last night to prepare for the event tonight. Um, the thing that is so good is, as you said, it, not only are all the performances fantastic, but it's the way the information, the way that Sam, the director, writer, director, gives you information, uh, like the way he dishes it out, but like it keeps you guessing, but also the way he gives information to the audience that sometimes the characters don't know. Like he does some interesting things. He has some very cool shots that are unexpected and um, he makes very unusual choices. The music also what I watched when I watched it again last night, which I didn't realize the first time the opening credits. Uh, so this is minor spoiler. So if you don't uh, want to know anymore, what? Maybe to, if it's a spoilery, I feel like I know what you're going to say and maybe don't okay. say it. <laughs> so sure. Opening credits are interesting. I'll say it like that. Uh, but the thing, the best compliment I can give this movie and, um, and, and I don't want this to come like, I'm like, I'm saying bad things about Netflix, but the best compliment I can give this is it never feels like a Netflix movie. There's no algorithm making decisions mm -hmm. in this film there. This is Sam Asmiel's direction. This is, he has crafted his own movie that happens to be playing on Netflix. There's no, nothing about this movie is, um, like I said, it's part of an algorithm. You know, it's just a great movie. And again, it, it really is the kind of movie that I wish more people could see on the big screen because it's that good. Um, but it's so good that even if you watch it at home, uh, you're going to love it. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know how you see this movie and then say, oh, that's not good. 
Yeah, it's it's really good. I'll emphasize something you just said. One of the things that I appreciate about this movie and and the adaptation of the book most is that it is so clearly Sam Esmail's movie. You know with certainty after watching this that if anybody else adapted that story, like, yeah, maybe it would be a good movie also, but it would never be anything like the style that he brings to his adaptation. And then the other point I wanted to make was I kind of wish they were pushing this a little harder in the award space, but I, I understand that Netflix has their hands full this year with quite a few exceptional films but in particular this to me feels like one of the best cast films of the year like if anything I really do think it deserves some ensemble nominations. Um, obviously, in particular, Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke, Mahershala Ali, and my Hala are phenomenal. But then the two actors who play the kids, Kevin Bacon pops up, and they're, they're all pitch perfect. And I feel like if you don't have pitch perfect casting where the actors understand their characters to the fullest and are able to bring their internal worlds to screen before your eyes, this concept doesn't work. And they all do it. They all have maximum chemistry with one another. I wish they got honors for their work here. Yeah, I I agree with everything you said, but I also understand why Netflix is not pushing this because they have, this is not <laughs> what Academy voters are going to look at and say, oh my God, Julia Roberts' performance, which is fantastic and so different than what she normally does. And like, there's a scene at the beginning where the camera zooms in on her and I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. Um, but it's just not going to, it's not going to go the way Maestro with, you know, like there's, there's other performances that are like Oscar movies Ugh. and that's why they're going to, you know, Netflix is going to put their money behind it, but make no mistake. This is just a great movie. Like it's, it's a great movie. I can't wait until the definition of Oscar movie just absolutely crumbles. I think, I think, and I'm grateful for the fact that in recent years, it feels like certain movies, like let's say everything, everywhere, all at once broke through and surprised and weren't the traditional Oscar package, but still earned that acclaim because they were so damn good. I think we're making steps in the right direction, but, and like, I don't think you're wrong for expressing that mentality too. I think that is part of it, but I just, I wish we weren't boxing these movies in sure. so specifically for I, award season when they're deserving, even if they fall in other genres and have non oscar or at least traditionally stories unfolding. I hear what you're saying, but if I'm being like really honest about leave the world behind, like no, no BS. I think Julia Roberts is fantastic in the movie. And I think that her performance is probably the one that I would single out as that's the one. Um, Cause it's, I really loved her work in it. Um, and I think that the script is fantastic. Um, and I think that could be something that you talk about with awards. I wouldn't talk about the VFX. I wouldn't talk about uh, like, I think that it would, for me, it would be the script and it would be Julia Roberts and you could make the argument for Sam's direction. Cinematography um, and score. Yeah, the score is great. Um, but the problem is, you know, like if there's five slots, can you tell me that this is better than the, like, you know what I mean? Like I would say that um, Giacchino with Society of the Snow is one of the best scores I've heard all year. Like if that doesn't get nominated, it's a travesty. Hmm. And so, you know, and that's a Netflix movie. So like what I'm saying is like right there, Society of the Snow is already in my top five. And there's others that I could, you know, pick out. What I'm basically saying is it's, it's a really good year and hmm. yeah. uh, leave the world behind while I loved it. 
I don't know if I can make the argument that it's going to win awards. I can't make the argument that it will win awards, but I can make the argument that it should. I could also make the argument that if you are thinking to yourself, well, I'll watch the movie and then I don't have to read the book. I really do think both versions of the story stand on their own two feet exceptionally well and offer a little something different. So if you have knowledge of both versions of the story, one winds up enhancing the other, which I think makes for a fuller experience overall. So I would recommend checking out both. With that, that is an end to today's episode of Collider Daily. Steve, is there anything you want to promote before we sign off? Uh, again, we're doing Oppenheimer next week in IMAX. Uh, you can sign up for tickets if you just go to go to Google and type in Collider Oppenheimer screening. It'll pop up number one. And um, I'm not picking winners on that till this weekend. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have a ton of great interviews getting ready to post over the next week weeks plural yes so get ready for that and um you know thank you all for watching and reading collider yeah i will i'll emphasize that and i'll also uh add some interviews to the mix we've already posted my interview with um Herschel ali and julia roberts for leave the world behind there are two more interviews on the way so i'm going to assume you're going to watch the movie and you're going to be as obsessed with it as i am and i don't want to speak for you too steve but you seem to love it as well so i will say you too you're going to want to hear more about the making of it so you could find those interviews on the collider interviews youtube channel and you could also find john and maggie right here tomorrow at 10 a.m. Pacific. So tune in and Steve and I will see you next week for more Collider Daily's episodes. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.